Hey, what's up? This is Scott Ian from Anthrax, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, this is Nate from Shroud and Neglect, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Hey, everybody, this is Sean Drover from Act of the Fiance here, and you're listening to Iron City Rocks. Crank it up. And welcome to episode 278 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Sean, coming from the Iron City of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Last November, the metal community was shocked when both Sean Drover and Chris Broderick both quit Megadeth within hours of each other. Chris and Sean have a new band now called Act of Defiance, and they just released their first album called Birth and the Burial. We had an opportunity to talk to Sean about this new band. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from the album. This is called Throwback. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, with me on the phone, I got Sean Drover from the new band, Act of Defiance. How are you doing today, Sean? I'm good, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. No worries. Um, so, start off, uh, after being in Megadeth for as long as you were, what made uh, leaving when you did the right time? Um, I just, you know, it's funny because I just had a, you know, I just had a musical crossroads, I think, in my career, and at the time, they were, the band was taking a year off, and I, 
thought to myself, you know, if there's ever a time that I wanted to go off on my own and do my own thing, mm-hmm. now would be the time because it would be easy for them to find another drummer and that whole kind of thing. So um, once I decided to do that, I talked to Chris about it, and oddly enough, he was kind of having the same thought process as well. So we kind of said, well, you know, if we're going to do this, why don't we team up together and, you know, kind of a strength and numbers thing and, and uh, form our own band. So uh, right. that's exactly what we did. Um, so can you talk a little bit about how uh, Active Defiance came to be? Well, once Chris and I, once Chris and I left our previous band, I mean, then, then the work started where we had to write a record, find bandmates, find management, find a record label, all, all the, we had to line all those ducks in a row. And um, we did all of that. Everything that we set out to do, we've done in, in the, the time span of six months. So we really worked our asses off to, to get it to where the record, uh, we wanted the record to be released before the end of summer. And uh, it all turned out well because the record's coming out in one week today. So everything uh, kind of worked out very well for us. Right. Now, was there, I mean, was there ever a thought of maybe just taking some time off or was this something that you wanted to push for, you know, right away? No, we wanted to get on it because, you know, again, it's, this is not a project. This is a band. This is something right. that we want to, you know, do time. This is, this is our career now. So we, we went in, you know, head first into this and, and uh, with the mission of getting everything done and, you know, from, writing the record to putting it out all, all within a time span of about six, seven months. And uh, luckily for us, we were able to pull it off. Now, how are you? Uh, you guys have uh, Henry Derrick, uh, formerly of Scar the Martyr, on, on vocals. How did you uh, bring him into the mix? Henry was, I mean, we looked, the vocal search was more of, uh, you know, looking at guys on, on YouTube or, or friends of ours telling us, you know, check this guy out or check that guy out. And, you know, we had a, you know, a, ton of names that we were looking at but we kind of narrowed it down to four or five serious contenders and and uh those who we sent a couple of songs out for them to sing on uh henry was henry was by far the most versatile and the best uh vocalist um that we could find so it was pretty much an easy choice to, to get him to come on board so it worked out very well when you got uh matt uh formerly a guitar player from Shadowfall, you got him playing bass. Was there a transition with him playing, you know, going from, you know, six strings to four strings? No, because he, he does both. He's, right. he's been a bass player. That, and that's, I've known that. He, I've known Matt for over 15 years, so I, okay. I knew that he was very proficient at both instruments. So I wasn't, you know, Matt was a happy coincidence. I just just kind of found out through social media that Shadowfall were kind of breaking up, and he was definitely looking for another uh band opportunity so i just rang him up and and told him what was going on and uh wanted to see if he was interested and he was and uh he dove in head first into the into the band so it's uh it's been great cool 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 now uh the album called uh birth and burial uh it's an intense album got a chance to listen to it you know it kicks off you know very strong with throwback and whatnot um what can you talk about how the writing came together was it something like did you and chris have some of these ideas together already or was it something just all new stuff most of it's new chris had chris has you know he's he's been a songwriter for a long time just like i have and chris has a full recording studio in his house so i'm sure he's compiled riffs here and there over the years but pretty much most of it's new um we just kind of you know we were so re-energized and rejuvenated inspired when we started doing this we we decided to write five five songs each, ten songs total, 
and uh, and that you know there's no extra tunes. We wanted to focus on make those ten songs as good as we could and not have waste a bunch of time on stuff that wasn't going to make the record. So uh, yeah, we wrote five tunes each, and uh, everything turned out very well. Um, after you've had a chance to listen to the album, what uh, what songs stand out the most for you? I mean, what songs are you know your personal favorites? I guess. Um, I mean, God, I like them all, but I mean, if right. you really ask me to choose, I mean, I really like Thy- a song called Die Lord Belial, which is just a flat out, complete thrash metal song. It's probably the heaviest song that I've ever written that, that I've um, had on record. Um, so that was a lot of fun for me to write that one. But, but I like, on the other side of the fence, I like a song uh, like the title track, Birth and Burial, which is more of, of the, it's more like almost like an old school sensibility to it, where it's a little more melodic with the singing and the a little more old school kind of riffage, but it's still mm-hmm. a complete metal song. So, but I honestly like every song in the record. I think they're all great. Cool. And how uh, how did you guys decide to have Throwback as you know the first single released? Just we, you know, that's that's between record company, band, management. We all just kind of said, you know, hey, what, you know, what are you guys thinking about? You know, what do you think about the first video? What should we do? And we all agreed we wanted to come out with something really heavy and just in your face. No. No pussyfooting around. It was like this is, you know, this is what you're going to get when you when you get this record. You're going to get, you know, it's complete heavy metal assault from start to finish, and uh, it's a very unrelenting record. But it's a very diverse record. So, but we just thought, yeah, let's come out with all, you know, all guns blazing, and uh, throwback became uh, became the choice. Cool. Um, now, when you were recording this, was it? Uh I mean, I don't want to compare it to like recording with Megadeth or whatever, but was there a lot more freedom that you guys felt you had? Was it kind of like a, a release or a, you know, a relief to be kind of doing stuff like your own way at this point? Well, I mean, yeah, it's different because we are doing it our own way. You know what I mean? Now we're creating the music that, that we're, we're creating. <laughs> we're right. writing, you know, we're recording the music that we're creating. So sure, there is a, there is a difference. Um, not to, you know what I mean? Not to say that the other experience is bad because it wasn't. It was a, that was a good experience as well. It was just a, it was just a different scenario. So, but with Act of Defiance, you know, that was one of the things. Like I said previously, was I wanted to be able to, you know, express my my musical path and the way I wanted to go, and so did Chris. So that's you know part of the reason why we formed this band. Now you guys worked with a producer named Zeus on this, and he's got a, quite a big resume: uh, Arsis and White Chapel, Suicide Silence, Queens, Right, Rob Zombie. How'd you guys choose him to work with you on this project? I heard the latest Sanctuary record. I mean, World's a World Dane's a good friend of mine, and uh, I just said, "Man, who produced a new record? It sounds freaking killer!" And he said, "Well, you know, this dude Zeus." And I'm like, you know, I didn't initially know the name, but you know, upon researching it, you find out that he did all the Shadows Fall records. He did, you know, so many great records, you know, Kill Switch Engage, all kinds of, uh, you know, new Queensryche record and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, just from a sonic perspective, it was pretty obvious that he's somebody we wanted to work with. So I just contacted him directly. I said, hey, you know, we got a new thing going on, and you know, we want to know if you got if you want to do it. And he would jump right in on it. Said, Absolutely, and. Uh, without hearing a note. So that was, you know, it was pretty cool of him to, to um, take part of something he initially hadn't even heard yet. Right. Now, was there any obstacles with recording? I mean, aside from the time, because you mentioned, you know, it was really rough, but you guys, you guys recorded this at like three separate locations, right? Yeah. These days, that's not uncommon, to be honest. I mean, look, Chris has a recording studio in his house. Matt has a recording studio in his house. So for me, 
being a drummer, I, I like doing it more old school where you go to a studio, you get to go into a great drum room and it's more inspiring because drums, because drums are such a loud instrument, you know, it has to, you know, guitars, you can, you know, have it at a low volume and record at a low volume in the studio now, whereas drums, that's not even possible. So it's so imperative to have a great sounding drum room. And, and, uh, you know, again, that, that was the thing with the sanctuary record is the drum sounded so great on it. I'm, you know, I just wanted to work with Zeus, and I knew he was going to uh, provide, you know, great sonics for us, and, and he certainly did that. Cool. Now, uh, how hard was it uh, getting Metal Blade on board with this? It was, wasn't hard at all. We, right. we, you know, I've got a history with Metal Blade, and so does Chris. So, I mean, I with the Eidolon uh, stuff that I did back in the late 90s, early 2000s, I was mm-hmm. with, with them for several years. So it's kind of like, you know, almost like a homecoming for me, going back to where, I originally started my career so you know it was they had a belief system and Chris and I they heard two songs from us that were demos and they offered us a contract just based on they because they knew you know they believed that we deliver the goods and uh, thankfully they have you know they have that belief in us and, and trust that we're not going to um, put out crappy music and, and uh, so it's all worked out very well. Now, after, you know, career as long and distinguished as yours, is there any kind of like, you know, was there any kind of anxiety or whatever about starting over with a brand new band? I mean, I don't know if anxiety is the right word. I mean, okay. there's always trepidation that, you know, ultimately you want something to succeed, you know, enable you to go on the road and present what you're doing in the best way possible, you know, and, and that comes through, you know, buying the record and supporting the band that's all you know that you know you hope that you put something out that won't fall in deaf ears so there's you know there's that kind of thought process but I mean I, I had no fear about it because we were both very confident uh, in what we were writing and what you know what our vision was so it was just it was just a matter of, of, of us just making the best record we could and then at that point it really kind of out of your hands you just hope that the metal community will grasp onto it and, and believe in it and support it but that's you know, you re- that's really all you can hope for in the end, and, and go out there and play live and, and um, bring your music to the people in a live situation. Right, right. And yeah, I've listened to the album a few times, and it, it really does kick ass, and there's a lot of, I, I hear a lot of different influences and a lot of different styles and genres in there. Um, where do you draw your influences from, personally? I have a ton of musical influences, I mean, but it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily um, creep into my songwriting process. I've, okay. been doing, I've been doing this for 30 years, writing metal tunes for over 30 years. So at this point, I really don't try to emulate anybody. It's just, I just go in my music room like I always have and shut the door and, and play guitar. And when I come up with riffs, I record them. I mean, I've always done it like that. And then, right. you know, over the course of time, you compile 40 or 50 riffs and you start putting the pieces of the heavy metal puzzle together. You know, well, that fits with that. Those two riffs fit with that riff. And Next thing you know, you have a bunch of songs. Um, I've never had, I've never really had anything directly influenced the way I wanted to do stuff. I can be inspired by stuff. I mean, I could see, you know, go see a concert, you know, and, and go, wow, those guys are so great. Right. Now I'm inspired to write some songs, but it doesn't mean I'm going to copy what I saw at the concert. It's just, it's more of an inspirational thing, just from a heavy metal standpoint in general, just like, you know, gets me jacked up to, to want to write, you know, more metal songs, but not from a certainly not from a copying perspective at all it's just right. being in, you know being influenced by something and and blatantly copying something are two very different things 
Cool. Now, I mean, like you said, you know, being in the in business for 30 some years, is there any new bands out there that you like that, you know, that up and coming bands that really kind of inspire you again to do more? Well, newer bands, I mean, new, you know, I always mention Gojira and, and Meshuggah. Now, they haven't, right. they've been around the block a couple of times, certainly, but, you know, as comparison to Judas Priest, who've been around for more than 40 years, they're certainly right. a newer band than that, but, um, I've really gotten into into Gojira and Meshuggah a lot in the last year or two. They're just they're just, they're just so um, original and unapologetic for what they do, mm-hmm. and they're not trying to fit in any kind of formula or or, or uh, musical uh, box that people tend to want to put metal bands in. They want to subgenre music so much now that to the point where I don't even know what half of it means anymore. Nor do I care. But uh, right. That kind of in, really kind of inspired me to, uh, with Birth in the Barrel, not to really, if I wanted to write five death metal songs, I, I wouldn't have blinked an eye. I would have completely done that. But mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I love so many different kinds of metal, it wasn't, I knew that I was going to write different kinds of material. Some real thrashy stuff, some stuff that was more weird or maybe real darker in nature. I've always done that anyway, but uh, even more so with this record. I, but I, I didn't even think about what how someone might perceive that I was doing different kinds of metal I didn't care it's, you know and that's a great place to be not right. worrying about are you going to make you know are you going to appeal to this or are you going to have a popular record I, I could not have cared less about that I just I wrote it from a complete organic place and a, an honest place and, and that really shows I think in the record and Chris did the same yeah, and it, it does. It's uh, like I said, I love the album, and I, I uh, hope it does really well. Is there any plans for a tour? Absolutely, that's being discussed right now with uh, with our booking agent and management, and and uh, very soon. You know, the record comes out in a week, uh, so there's going to be a lot of things news wise right. coming up uh, besides the release of that. Um, and you know, as soon as we have that solidified, that's going to be released, and everybody's going to know about that real soon. Well, I uh, hope we get to see you guys here in Pittsburgh. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Again, the album's called Birth and the Burial. It comes out August 21st. Cool, man. Appreciate it. Okay, I'd like to thank Sean for taking the time to talk to us. Again, the album's called Birth and the Burial, and it's out now. Definitely recommend picking it up. It's a great album. Up next on the program, we have Nate from the band Shrouded in Neglect. Shrouded in Neglect is a local band that has been making some waves lately, and Nate was kind enough to talk to us about what they have going on. Before we get to that interview, though, here's a track from their recently released EP, The Haunting. This is called Purpose of Destruction. Whoa! 
All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the phone I have Nate from the band Shrouded in Neglect. How you doing tonight, Nate? Good, good. How are you? All right, thanks. Thanks for uh, coming on the show. It's always great getting uh, some local artists on the show. Um, so your band Shrouded in Neglect, you guys are based out of Ohio. Can you talk a little bit about the band? Yeah, we're uh, we're actually we we're based between Pittsburgh and Ohio, like okay. right on the border of Ohio. We got a couple guys that live in Pittsburgh and a couple guys that live here in like the Steubenville, Weirton area. All right. And uh, the uh, it's really just uh, me and me and Jake are actually the original members of the band. We've gone through a handful of members. We've finally got a uh, really good crew together now. We recorded our latest album is recorded with all the guys we have in the band now. We gel well, really well together. Cool. Yeah, I know uh, Chris, your vocalist, he was the most recent member. Yes, yes. Cool. Yeah, and that was a huge change. And the band kind of had a directional shift after he joined the band, correct? Yeah, that's what uh, our original singer wanted to stay more of a, uh, like a rock, hard rock sense. And we just, the way our creative juices were rolling, we just were just throwing out really heavy riffs, really heavy time changes. And uh, our singer, our original singer didn't want to go in that direction. So right. we kind of just, we played a show with Chris and his old band. Okay. Um, and we all looked at each other right when they started playing and said, that's the guy we got to get. And we ended up stealing him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that well, happened. We didn't really steal him. He, it actually worked out because it was only like a week or so later we had found out that he had split ways with his band. So right. it's it kind of, kind of karma works in, in funny ways. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, direction changes happen, you know, shifts and, yeah. and styles and whatnot. Um, and the important thing, like, you know, is finding the right mix of people. Um, so about the band, can you talk a little bit about the band's influences and where you guys draw inspiration from? Yeah, we all kind of uh, draw inspiration from from a plethora of different artists. Our drummer is a big Lamb of God fan. Right. Uh, me and the other guitar player are uh, big Corn fans. We grew up on Corn. Uh, John, the other guitar player, his you know Corn, Deftones, System mm -hmm. Down, that kind of stuff. And I've always been a huge Corn fan, but I. My original roots came from like the blues kind of stuff. My mom and dad were originally in a band called Manga Huey back in the day, and they were kind of like a rock band. But my dad taught me how to play guitar, cool. and he started me off on blues riffs, you know, Stevie Ray Vaughan, BB King. So I kind of started off on that stuff and went from that to to the heavier stuff. Right so on. I try to keep a little bit of my blues influence in the stuff that I do now, just to be a little bit different than. So you don't see a lot of blues influence in metal anymore like you used to. Yeah, no, not at all. And, you know, I mean, that's where it all started, too. And it, yeah. it's interesting that you mentioned, like, keeping that in the song. Because I was listening to the, the EP, uh, Mushroom Doom Puppeteer, actually kind of had, like, a nice bluesy kind of groove to it, which I thought was really, really cool. Um, speaking of the EP, the EP is called The Haunting. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, the songs on that and how you guys, you know, wrote these songs? Yeah, we had a handful of those songs written before we got our new lead singer. Okay. And we kind of used those as, uh, like, The Haunting was already written, and um, there was a couple other. Puppeteer was already. We actually recorded Puppeteer before with our other singer. Mm -hmm. So there's a there's a version of that floating around somewhere with our old singer. But um, we kind of used those as, like, a base to um, kind of feel out our new singer, how he would – 
approach songs that were already written and he did very well right. and then the other ones we wrote together and chris actually had a lot of influence not just on on writing the lyrics but also writing the music so we all kind of come together whenever we we write songs and um they just flow out they always start as a riff and then just go from there right so you guys have a collaborative effort it's not yes. like you know no primary songwriters which no uh, now, they, they always start as like a guitar riff or maybe a drum beat or something. Then we all just kind of go from there and put all of our input in together, which is why I really like the, the, the crew that we have now is just, it's perfect. Right. Right. And finding chemistry like that is kind of hard too, because yeah. it, you know, I mean, speaking from my experience playing in bands, you know, back in the day, you know, you always got to get that right mix of people and there's always, you know, tweaks here and there. And like, you know, when you guys got new members, sometimes that's a, uh, the whole creative spark that just takes things off in different directions. Um, yeah, those six songs that we wrote, uh, Chris was only in the band for maybe two weeks before we went into the studio and recorded them. So wow. that just shows, goes to show how fast they came together. I mean, we have, you know, quadruple that and material right now that we've right. just are waiting to get back into the studio <laughs> as soon as we can. But we've been so busy lately with playing live and, and, you know, we've been, playing a lot of shows across, you know, the tri-state area, branching out. We'll be in Philadelphia in a couple of weeks. So, oh, nice. we got, you know, we're, we're really busy on that aspect, but we're trying to get back in the studio as soon as possible. Now, when uh, you mentioned playing live, and I, you know, had the pleasure of seeing you guys live opening for Drowning Pool. How do you guys approach a live show when you come, when you do a show? What, you know, what's the one thing that helps you connect with the audience? The biggest thing is taking time before you even go on stage to connect, to talk to people that are out there waiting to see the show. A lot of bands wait till after they play, mm -hmm. but if you get people familiar with your face before you go on stage, they anticipate you more, especially people that don't really know who you are. We're still, we're only, we've only been together for, you know, five years, four or five years. Right. The band, you know, the members that we have now have only been together for, you know, almost two. So we still see new faces every day and we try to connect with those people before we even go on stage. We like to have a very professional merch table set up where people can walk by and see before they even have a chance to hear us. You know, we want you to know who we are beforehand. That way you're expecting, you know, right. The hammer to come down. And then when <laughs> you see us, when you see us live and how high energy we are, you know, we're very laid back people off stage, but we're very, you know, punch you in the face when we're on stage. So right on. That's almost what you need to do. Now you yep. guys are uh, like, you know, in the, I guess, tri-state area. You guys mentioned going to Philadelphia or whatnot. So are you guys working on getting kind of like a regional tour set up? Or? Oh, yeah, we, we, uh, we do regional stuff quite often. We played everywhere from you know, as far west as Indiana and as far east as Philadelphia before. And we've been down in the Maryland and in Virginia. Right. So we've been doing a lot of, you know, not really like being away for a while at a time, but we're working on that right now. We just signed a contract with a company called Evolution Guitars based out of Pittsburgh, actually. Okay. And uh, they've been really helping us out, not only just with giving us great equipment, you know, great guitars to play, but they've been pushing us really hard. They hooked us up with uh, – they they took me and John, our other guitar player, down to Nashville for a week for Summer Nam. Right, right. And we got to we got to represent them and also you know represent our band there. And they also locked us in for for Winter Nam in California. So they're taking us out there. Oh, that should be. Uh... Do that. 
that should be a great trip. I've uh, I've never been to Nam. I know a lot of my friends have gone down, and and so how was that experience for you guys? Did you? Oh uh, man, it was it was a great experience. Got to meet so many so many people. We connected with so many businesses. Revamps. Uh, we're we're on the verge of signing a deal with them to get us some new amps and awesome. GHS strings. They hooked us up with a bunch of stuff, and just just the atmosphere of being around people that are like minded as you when it comes to pushing your career right, the way right. you want it to be is is always great but uh going to california we were going to fly out there and just do the whole evolution thing but we've decided that we're going to go ahead and do a whole a full-fledged tour to nice. california nice. so we're working on that right now so never it never ends it's uh, it's always yeah. a thing now one thing that you know well, now, man. <laughs> when i was playing in bands way back when you know it was you know so I had tapes and tape trading and things like that. And nowadays you've got the social media and you've got Facebook, you've got, you know, uh, YouTube, and it's a lot easier for bands to get material out there. What do you, uh, how do you guys try and go about and get yourselves noticed, you know, aside, you know, because there's so much out there right now. Yeah, it's it's kind of like it's a great thing and a bad thing when it comes to social media. I mean, it's good to get your name out there that way, but at the same time, there's so much out there now that it's right. so easy to just click, 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 forget, click, 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 forget. You know, it's hard to keep engaged with people. So what we do is on a social media standpoint, anybody who likes the page, anybody who engages with us at all, we always make it a point to personalize ourselves with those people. Right. So say you were to like our band page, I would send you a personal message saying thank you and try to engage with you. Not just as not not as a like a like a band member to a fan type engagement, but as a friend, because it means a lot. I mean, people don't realize that just pushing that like button helps. Oh, yeah. Buying a CD, buying a CD, buying a T-shirt. That's great. But even the little things like liking a band page can help you so much because that person liking your page and then other people see them liking that page. And it just, it's, it's a domino effect. You know what I mean? It escalates from there. Exactly. I know exactly what you mean. So we try as personal as possible with, with as many people as we can. And it's easy to get lost in the cracks when you do so much, but, but we try our best. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. And, And actually that's, I mean, that's a great, great attitude to have too, trying to connect with the fans because you know, when, and that does go a long way, and people do notice that. Um, now, you guys have a video for uh, The Haunting, which is the title track off the EP, which I remember uh, seeing it when it first was released, and it's a kick-ass song. The video is actually really cool. Can you talk about how the concept for that video came out and, and working on that video? Yeah, there's this awesome uh, haunted house in Brilliant, Ohio, which is only about 10 minutes from where I live, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, the owner, Sean really good guy we play down we've been playing down there the last three or four years in a row we go down there they have bands play like while people are waiting to go into the haunted house and we released the uh we were getting ready to release the album but we wanted to have something to present to not just the album but like a video right so we talked to him about letting us possibly go in there and record and he was like yeah that would be great he gave us the keys to the place we went in there spent 12 hours inside there recording we flew our friend uh vigo up to um, record. He's a he's a filmmaker down in Florida. Our okay. other guitar player, we're really good friends with him. But uh, he, he came up, brought some great equipment, hooked us up with a great video, and it was a good time. 
for sure. Nice, nice. Yeah, and the video is really cool. You have any other videos in the works, or it's just yeah, we're, yeah, we're working on another video right now for I, I believe the concept is for Purpose of Destruction, which is the first song on the album. Mm-hmm. That one or Neglected. We have screen we have screen written like screenplay written for both of those. We're just working on which one we want to go full on with. Right, right, right. Um, so where can we get the album? There's many, many outlets you can go to. You can you can download our album off of iTunes if you have an iPhone or an iPad or an iPod. Any Apple device. You can also, if you have an Android device, you can download it off of Google Play. You right. can also order a physical copy through uh, CD Baby, or you can order a physical copy directly from our website at www.shroudedandneglect.com. You can order it off a of CD Baby, or you can even order a physical copy directly from us on the website. Right. Now, and having a show, obviously, that's that's the best way. Right. You get the most money out of that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I know what you know. some of those services can take. Now, how important is it to still have physical media? Physical is important to keep you on the road when you, you know, that, that's that's your moneymaker, you know. Right. Selling, selling physical copies. You're not gonna, you know. Even big bands today have a hard time selling physical copies at, you know, at yeah. your local coconut store in the mall. You know what I mean? But, right. But you know, having physical copies on you at shows is the most important because that's what people spend their money on when they go to the merch table is a CD. Exactly. You know? cool. It's still out there. There's still people out there that still buy albums, and we yeah. like to connect with those people. It's very important. Yeah, it's it's also a lot more personal too. I think yeah, actually yeah. having you know something in your hands as yeah. opposed to you know a digital file that is kind of impersonal. Yeah, the artwork the artwork is always you know for me personally the artwork has always been a big thing. I anticipate you know when new albums come out when Lamb of God's new album came out I was I was just as excited about the artwork as I was the actual songs. Exactly. People aren't like that anymore, and you know times change. You can't blame anybody for for rolling with the flow, you know what I mean? But right. I wish it was the way it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I miss yeah, I, I'll admit I end up buying more of my stuff from iTunes or whatnot yeah. just because of the space or whatnot and the instant gratification. But there's something, you know, being able to felt you know, feel the C D book, look at all the artwork, smell the stuff right off the press. It, oh, yeah. It's 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 an experience that I think a lot of people are missing out on nowadays. Yeah. It's hard to pass up that five ninety nine rock albums tab on iTunes. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> but that's why CD prices are so high now because people, you know, people don't buy CDs anymore. So you got to pay fifteen, sixteen, twenty dollars yeah. for a CD because nobody buys them. Yeah, so you gotta pay thirty dollars to get into a show anymore because people don't buy music. But right, but you, you know, you got to roll with the flow. You got to find other avenues, and that's what we try to do. We try to offer as much as we can because we can't keep doing what we do unless we you know, are making enough money to do it. So exactly. Um, guys got some upcoming shows. I know you guys just announced the big show with, uh, opening for suicide silence at the old yeah. bar. And that's, I mean, that's going to be huge. That's, that's probably a guaranteed sellout. They get, they get crazy oh, yeah. there. Um, can you talk about some upcoming shows where people can catch you? Yeah. Yeah. We, um, this, well, this weekend, I don't know if you guys have any fans or anybody that listens in the Reading PA area or not. That's a good while away, but, this weekend, Saturday, we're doing a guitar expo for uh, Evolution Guitars, and then they hooked us up with a show the next day. Nice. They're actually sponsoring a big festival right next to the, the convention the next day, so we'll be on that bill. Cool. And uh, then 
on the 29th will be at the Night Gallery on Harrison Street in Lawrenceville, PA. Okay. Yeah, I think it's 12 bucks to get in. It's all ages. There's a bunch of great bands. Our buddies Curse the Wicked are on the bill. Uh, a couple other great bands are also on that bill, too. Right on. And, uh, and then I'm trying to think after that. Then October. I don't think we have anything in September. Okay. Right now, we kind of, I think that yeah, September's our writing month. We're gonna right. finish writing stuff because we want to get like at least another fifteen songs or so. That way, we have we can pick and choose what songs we want to go on the next album. Nice. No, we'll be in New Jersey in September. Oh wow, cool, yeah. cool. So you're definitely getting out there. And we're doing another guitar expo for for Evolution Guitars in New Jersey in September. So that'll be that'll be fun. Awesome, awesome. One thing I, I, I did want to ask because I remember, you know, again when I was playing back in bands and a long time ago, it, you know, is it? Do you do you worry about getting oversaturated, like playing too often in the same area? Yeah, that's why we've that's why we've kind of been trying to branch out to different areas because it's really it's really easy to oversaturate yourself, especially in. You know, we used to play a lot back our way on the you know on the, mm-hmm. on the Eastern Ohio area. You know, we used to play a lot there. Uh, you know, once or twice a month, and and one area is kind of overdoing it anymore because there's so many bands, there's so many great bands that it's hard to it's hard to keep a crowd coming all the time. Right. But we try the best that we can. That's why we try to play with other bands and stuff too to get new faces because you know. You don't want to oversaturate yourself, but you also got to know, y'all, you got to realize that there's so many people in the Pittsburgh area that, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Play as much as you can. You can't turn down. You don't want to turn down shows, you know. Exactly. That's like the, uh, we were going to, after the, uh, after the Lawrenceville show, we were going to take a break from the Pittsburgh area and focus more on Columbus and Akron and stuff like that. But Drusky Entertainment hooked us up with that Suicide Silence show. We couldn't. We couldn't turn that down, obviously. So. Oh, obviously not. That's going to be huge, and that's uh, that's October fourth at the Alder Bar. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that that's that's great. I hope to uh, hope to see catch you guys there. Um, yeah, I want to I want to thank you for uh, taking the time coming on the show and talking to us. Like I said, it's always great talking to local artists, and uh, wish you guys all the luck. And uh, hopefully, we'll be seeing a lot more of you guys. Yeah, thank you very much. I appreciate you uh, asking us to do this. This is a this is an honor. I've been listening to your show for a long time, and really looking forward to possibly coming on again later on in the future when we release our second album. Awesome, definitely. We can definitely do that. Awesome, sounds great, man. All right, thanks a lot. All right, I'd like to thank Nate for coming on the show. If you want to check out Shroud and Neglect, they'll be playing at Untamed Fest in Reading, Pennsylvania, on October twenty third. They'll be at the Night Gallery in Lawrenceville on August twenty ninth. They'll be opening for Suicide Silence at the Altar Bar on October fourth. They'll be at the Wells Township Haunted House in Brilliant, Ohio, on October tenth. It's always important to support local music, and hopefully, we'll be seeing a lot more of these guys. That about wraps up this episode. I'd like to thank you for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com forward slash ironcityrocks. And check out our Instagram, instagram.com forward slash ironcityrocks. Until next time, thanks for listening.